Today we're joined by Mark Frankus from Nourish Men's Nutrition and Health and Simon North from Anamkara Energy Healing to chat about men's health and nutrition. So good morning everybody. Today I'm going to have a lovely conversation with Mark Frankus and Simon North. So Mark Frankus, he had a, a long career in behavioural research and had decided to study nutritional health and at London College of Naturopathic Medicine. Now that's hard to say. He did this to try and improve his own health as he got older and the course inspired him to set up a nutrition practice specialising in men's health. His practice is called Nourish and he works with men who want to feel healthier and slow down the ageing process. So Mark's a bit of an outlier, being a male nutrition practice in a practitioner in a field dominated by females. So welcome, Mark. Hi, Zandra. Hi He combines his knowledge of nutrition with his background in behavioural psychology to develop holistic health plans for clients, which are practical and achievable. So as, um, as this would suggest, this is definitely um, a subject that does not relate to me particularly being female. So we have also with us Simon North, um, who is going to have a conversation with um, Mark uh, on a more male basis, if you like. So I'm going to be sitting in with this one. Um, Simon, introduce yourself. Yes, thank you, Sandra. I'm an energy healer. I do crystal healing and um, vortex healing and work with the human energy system. So essentially, we are all energy at a quantum level. Uh, energy healing is actually thousands of years old, and it may well be the original form of healing that humans got themselves involved with. It's a, become a bit of a forgotten art, although it is coming back. So um, I look at the whole energy system of the body, so not just the physical body, but the other bodies that we have in our auric field. Uh, and I also work with tree energy, as you well know from the times you've been out in the forest with the groups that I run. Thank you. Well, so Mark, I thought I'd start by saying um, you, you take what you call an holistic approach to men's health. Could you expand on that? Sure, Sandra. Yeah, I mean, there are many frameworks of holistic health, I think. Um, a well-known one is the mind-body-spirit uh, notion, the premise being that to achieve good health and well-being, you have to take care of your physical health, the body, your mental and emotional health, the mind, and, and your spiritual side. And there are other frameworks. The, the framework I work with is, is a pretty pragmatic one where I look at sort of five aspects or pillars of, of good health at, at a very practical level, namely diet and nutrition, um, exercise and activity, movement, the amount of movement you do. Thirdly, rest and relaxation. Fourthly, stress management. And the fifth one is social relationships, so your, your level of social connectedness. Now, my area of expertise is nutrition, but I do try to incorporate all of those other aspects into the plans I, I develop for clients. And if I need to, call on expertise uh, of other partners I work with in some of those other areas. So, for example, in exercise and fitness, I might work with a personal trainer or a physio or somebody like that um, in terms of the anxiety stress element of health. I might work with um, a clinical psychologist or a yoga teacher or, or somebody like that. So a really nice network of people around you to support anyone that comes to you with, with whatever that might be thrown at you. 
exactly. I think that sort of collaboration, you know, is very important. I mean, you, you talk about these pillars that help with some of the common health concerns that affect men as they get older. What, what sort of things do you find? I work with various health issues that affect men, especially as they get older, I guess. Stress and anxiety, uh, which can lead to other things like poor sleep, low energy, and a whole host of other um, ailments. A group of things that come under the metabolic health area, which is uh, stuff like high blood pressure, high blood sugar, high cholesterol, excess weight around the waist, gut fat, I work with immune health, I work with digestive health, liver health, uh, prostate health, enlarged prostates being a big issue for for men, especially over 50 years or so. Um, but what I think with all of these things, I think the important thing is to try to identify and treat the underlying cause of the health issue and not just the symptoms. So why do you have low energy? Why can't you sleep well? Why is your cholesterol high? You know, a GP will do a blood test, find your cholesterol's high and prescribe some statins to lower it. Um, but the underlying reason your cholesterol is high, and there could be a whole host of reasons for that, remains untreated. So traditional medicine tends to treat um, the symptoms but doesn't do much about the root cause, whereas my focus is more on, on that underlying cause. That's music Sorry. to my ears, the whole um, approach of you know, looking at the root cause, I think that's something that's under you know, missed massively in today's practice and um, something that I know that I've beated on about. I know that Simon's massively into that as well. So, Yeah, very much so. And uh, I, I completely agree with everything Mark says there. You know, there are lots of things that manifest, but underneath it all is an un underlying reason, you know, reason for, you know, illness or disease or not feeling your best and and it does hit us later in life when things can happen in your life that, that that can change things you know you can suffer grief for example that's very common you know as we get older a parent passes or you know a friend passes it starts to happen more regularly and grief really impacts our system and we need to you know pay attention to dealing with it we, we often push things awkward things aside particularly men you know we do tend to bury stuff and, and you know mark's dead right we've got to get to the root cause yeah absolutely um and, and yeah and that's actually really refreshing to hear because it's not something that you hear many people talking about yeah and i think that you know it is a weakness of of the sort of traditional medicine you go, you go to your gp you see them for 10 minutes or the limited time they have and their their solution is normally to prescribe statins if the cholesterol is high or prescribe blood pressure medication if your blood pressure is up or whatever it is and those things they're just a band-aid solution um as well they have the added problem that most medications if not all medications have some sort of side effects so if you're taking statins for a long period of time you're not only masking the real reason why the problem's there but you're also creating other issues through the side effects that statins cause. I know um, personally when my father went on to statins he actually um, had problems with his legs a lot after a long term and he had to come off mm. them. If I could just maybe take one quick example of yeah. the kind of approach to these sorts of things. So let, let, let's take poor sleep as an example because that affects lots of people both men and women obviously. And poor sleep can be um, a very debilitating thing. 
It's linked to a whole variety of issues, increased stress. It can upset your blood sugar regulation in your body. It can disrupt your hormone levels, cause low mood and other sorts of mental health issues. And one way to address poor sleep is to take sleeping pills. But again, that's got the same problem. It doesn't address the real reason why you're having sleep problems. On top of that, a lot of sleeping pills don't work very well. They cause dependency. And as I said earlier, they cause they can cause side effects. So instead of taking uh, that approach, a non-medicated approach, where we look at some making some lifestyle changes and some changes to your diet, can be much more effective at addressing the root cause. And with sleep, the key nutrients that can help with sleep, there's four of them: magnesium, zinc, vitamin D and omega-3, which is sort of healthy fats. And the good news is that those four things are available in lots of common foods. Magnesium is very good at calming your nervous system, lowering your cortisol levels, and that helps you, of course, to, to sleep better. The sources are readily available. So what's a good source of magnesium in, the, in one's diet? Because I think I need to take some. <laughs> well, probably the best um, source, Xandra, would be leafy green vegetables, things like um, rocket lettuce, spinach, chard, kale, those sorts of things. But also nuts like almonds and cashews are very good uh, sources of magnesium as well. Um, zinc is probably equally important because it helps make melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. And zinc is also found in almonds and cashews, but it's found in seafood, in chicken, also eggs, chickpeas. They're all good sources of zinc. And likewise, vitamin D and omega-3 in, in common food sources. And if you include those things in your diet more, you're probably eating some of those things already. If you include those things in your diet more, it will really help you sleep better. Excellent. I shall go to the supermarket later and buy myself some nuts. <laughs> Jake's side. I mean, Simon touched on grief um, and how we hold and how that affects your body. Um, I mean, grief could also be, um, I mean, get a bit deep here, but retirement, for example, the grief of losing that, that talking from personal experience here. So when my husband, um, uh, he was forced to stop working for a few months after an injury, and I know how hard he took that. So Simon, I mean, touched on grief, but is that something that you see a lot of? And is it, I mean, not necessarily the traditional grief that we would imagine traditional grief, but the loss of something like, like your working life? Is that something that comes up? Well, it does for me because I recently separated from my wife and we'd had a, a very long-term relationship. We'd been actually together as a couple for 30 years and I went through a grieving process. So the breakup of a long-term relationship causes grief. As you said, Zandra, the, you know, changing your job, going into retirement, you lose your identity that you had with your job that is something that you very often grieve for and you may not recognize it you may just feel very low you may have the the, the very symptoms that mark mark is talking about poor sleep stress anxiety uh you know mood swings low energy fatigue all those things are, are associated you know with grief so a part of it is recognizing it but that can you know that's that's we can help you know if you come to somebody like me or Mark, you know, we're trained and we're, our skill is to look at you and find out what it is that's bothering you. And, and that may be that we can read between the lines of what you're saying. 
Yeah, I think the uh, you know the issue um, Simon raised there of there's many different sources of grief, um, and everybody's life experiences are different. Certainly, retirement is one one classic example, and I sort of wasn't aware myself of the uh, effect that that had. I thought that was fine, and I wasn't you know affected in any way when I retired after a very long career, as you know as you do. But I, I was wrong, and I was affected, and there were some things that I needed to deal with. I think there's also the element of um, I think of my stepdad here. He's 77 now, and he he thinks he can you know do all the things he did when he was a 30 year old man. And I know how frustrating he finds that, and how annoyed he is that his body won't allow him to do these things. And I guess that's a form of grief as well, isn't it? it, it yes, it is. And I think that you know one of the things that's important comes through in, 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 in all of these things we've been talking about is the fact that people are different and people are very individual and you do have to take the time to understand people's individual circumstances. Everybody's got a different genetic makeup. Everyone's got different um, family health history in their family. Everyone's been brought up in a different environment and come from a different process and people have different resources, different level of of resource, both financial and, and time resources to devote to their their health and their, their health issues. So any sort of work we do, and I think Simon, probably you'd agree with this, anything has to be very individualized and very personalized um, rather than an off the shelf type of an approach. Another thing that you touched on was immunity. Now, um, I'm, I'm mid cold myself and I'm, I mean, nowadays, obviously, immunity is something that's on, on everyone's minds, especially with the recent pandemic. Talk a little bit about immunity. What can we do? Just as, you know, a few little guidelines on what we can do to support our immunity. I mean, obviously, good sleep is going to be a massive factor in that. But is there anything mm. else that we can do? I know that we wrote an article about it in in the newspaper recently. So it'd be good to recap. We did. Um, well, certainly good sleep is one. I mean, there's other... Uh, if you like, lifestyle factors that help with immunity. Getting uh, some regular activity and exercise is one. Um, that's got links to your immune system, immune health. I mentioned earlier the issue of the social level of social connectedness. And there's been some recent research that's shown that the better your social connections are, the stronger your immune system is, which is interesting. Interesting line of, of work. Similarly, um, there's been some link uh, found in, in, again, some recent research evidence of the link between your connectedness with nature, your connection with nature and immunity. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm sure Simon, with his, with his work, would, uh, would agree with that. I'll come back in a sec with uh, some comments about nutritional elements that can help immune health. But maybe, Simon, you, you want to talk a little bit about that, uh, the, the nature connections and the social connections as well. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I was very much um, led to doing, you know, nature-based healing and taking people out into nature because I saw in the early days of 2020 people, you know, stomping around the woods, um, wearing their earphones or talking on their phones. They weren't in nature. You've got to immerse yourself in nature to get a nature benefit. And so I take groups out uh, quite regularly and I get them to get very closely associated with nature you know we connect to the trees at an energetic level 
Um, and, and it has a profound effect on people. I, I've been amazed myself how it, it really does reset the nervous system. I think also you're breathing in what the trees are putting out and trees put out more than just oxygen. There's an awful lot in the air around nature that when you start to breathe it in, it has an effect on us. And I often say to people when they come on a session uh, with me in a group, you're coming home. This is where you belong. We belong in nature. We don't belong in our houses for too long in the day. And we don't also belong at 20 degrees uh, centigrade in our homes, our centrally heated homes. Our body likes to have a variation of temperature and that's very much linked to immunity. You know, if you try to make yourself warm all the time, you're actually diminishing your immunity and your resilience because immunity is all about resilience to, to bacteria, to viruses and to, you know, things out in the atmosphere or from other people or whatever that, that, that can affect you. And, and just if I can come back, I, I completely agree with what Simon's saying there. But if I can just come back to your questions, Andra, and the ways in which you can help strengthen your immune system through changes to your diet, um, would be to include more of things like vitamin D again, comes up again, a very important vitamin, vitamin C, they're probably the two keys. Now, vitamin D, the main source of vitamin D, I think we probably all know is the sun, um, but there are also some food sources, uh, important food sources like mushrooms, eggs, you can get fortified milk that's got extra vitamin D in it. Vitamin D is crucial for immune health. Vitamin C is, I think, again, we probably know mostly in citrus fruits, but it's also in berries. It's also in um, uh, caps, bell, bell peppers um, and, 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 and some, some other sources as well. They're important. And the third one for improved nutrition is the healthy fats, the omega-3 fats. They're very important for the, the health of your cells. They keep your cell membranes flexible and fluid, and that's important for antibodies to treat infections, which is what the immune system's all about. And, and omega-3 in terms of food sources is found in oily fish, so-called oily fish, which are the salmons, mackerels, sardines, trout, that sort of fish. Um, also uh, in avocados, full of omega-3, olive oil's good. And walnuts are a, a particularly good source as well. So again, lots of things that we're probably eating already to strengthen our immune system. We just need to eat more of them. Thank goodness that we're in a country where we have a ready supply of all of these things. Exactly. You, you talk about being an outlier in your field and that the vast majority of nutritionists are female, which I guess is true. Um, do you find that men and men's issues are perhaps a bit overlooked in this area? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things that... that at play here. I mean, I think men are a little bit left behind in, in this area. The main focus of nutrition and dietary information, you know, which is my sort of field, seems to be skewed more towards females. Um, I find that with my clients, I, I need to filter the information and bend it more towards a, a male perspective. Um, now, there are obviously, um, of course, a lot of female nutritionists who know a lot about men's health. Um, but there are also a lot of female nutritionists who do specialise in female health. So it's a bit harder, it can be a bit harder for men to, to get a look in. I think another issue here for men is that there is so much information out there about diet and nutrition. 
I mean, every weekend in the weekend papers, there's articles about nutrition and healthy eating and healthy aging and those sorts of things. So it's a bit overwhelming. And some of this information can be quite contradictory. Something's good for you, you know, almost one year and the next year it's something else. So it can be overwhelming and it can be contradictory. And they, a lot of men need some help and guidance to sort of navigate their the best path for them as individuals through all this. Do you think that men are a little shyer at coming forward? I think they are. I mean, I think men are more reluctant perhaps to get involved in this these kinds of sides of their health that I work in and, and that Simon works in. Um, you know, they're very involved in, many men are in, very involved in fitness and exercise. They get themselves a personal trainer. They join cycling clubs and running clubs and so on. But they're more reluctant to get involved in other aspects of their health, whether it be diet, nutrition, whether it be mindfulness and stress management and those other very important elements of health that we talked about at the beginning. You know, I think they, they need, uh, they certainly do need more help and, and, and more of a, a push into those areas. Would you agree with that, Simon? A hundred percent. And as my mental health has taken a battering in my you know recent life journey with having to you know, move out of my family home and recreate my life, build a new life. I realized how, you know, men, are, you know, we, we sort of look at ourselves in a certain way. We, we act according to our conditioning. And yeah, in my experience as a practitioner is very few men are paying really any attention to their well-being, be it their mental well-being or their physical well-being. You know, they don't get together they, they don't open up, they don't talk about it. I'm really trying hard to get into that, saying, look, I'm a man who's been through difficult time and, and I'm open to sharing my journey with you and, and come and, you know, maybe listen and, and share some of your journey because it's so important that you don't just bottle it up and men just bottle stuff up. But the second aspect is I think men... Uh, a very left brain thinking and and they're not prepared to kind of go outside the traditional uh, medical model and the medical model is very very good at sorting out things you know for people you know if you if you break your leg you need a hospital um, but, but a GP and I feel very sorry for them and a lot of them are burning out because people think a GP can solve everything and they're, they're hypercritical if the GP gets one slight thing wrong or you know, misdiagnosis, you know, and it's, they're down on them like a ton of bricks. It seems like they can't win. Um, and, and I'm not one of those people. They've got a role to play. But complementary medicine does have a massive role to play. And we can pick up, you know, a lot of people who are finding it difficult to talk to their doctor or they can't get time with their doctor. Or even when they get there, they've only got like two minutes to, to concentrate on one thing. There may be many other things that get ignored as well. So, yeah, I think I really do hope that we can start a little bit of a revolution and take this conversation forward when this podcast finishes, that we keep saying, men, open and look and see what's out there for you because there is a lot of support and help. I think I'd agree there, Simon, you know, but those points, with all of your points, but those points about the GPs, they are under pressure. And uh, I said some things earlier that, you know, maybe we're a bit critical of GPs, but I wasn't meaning to, to be that so much. And I'd certainly agree that we, in our areas, work in, in, in collaboration, hopefully, with um, 
with other medical professionals and with your, your GP particularly. And we would not be looking to replace what your GP is doing for you, but work to support that and to complement that. Personally speaking, and from what I see myself with my husband and my family, is there is a much a big improvement in say twenty from twenty years ago, where people are more open. And I, I, you know, I think that's down to the work of you know yourself, Simon, getting into this field and making life easier for men. Um, so thank you for that. Um, amazing work. Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, it's I'm I'm at the tip of the iceberg. I, I'm a man practitioner doing things you know, like crystal healing is very much done by women. I, I, I hardly know any crystal healers who are men. The research I do online, look at other people. I can't, you know, I was taught by by Doug Buckingham, who's a man. <laughs> um, but, but other than that, I hardly, I don't know any other crystal healers who are men. You know, my sister's a crystal healer. Um, and I don't have men clients coming for crystal healing. And it's really interesting because it's very powerful. Uh, vortex healing is a little bit difficult, different. But even so, men don't really connect to anything that they consider to be, you know, too left field. And that may even apply to Mark, you know, when when men think about, you know, the, the, themselves and the things they need and the, Mark, the things Mark listed that he does in the beginning, you know, they might tick one of those boxes. They need to tick all of those boxes. Yeah, I think my situation is similar, probably not perhaps as extreme as the crystal healing area, Simon, in terms of other men working in nutritional uh, therapy or nutrition as nutritionists, but certainly the vast, vast majority of nutritional practitioners are female. You know, and, and I find with my clients, once they've made the step to get involved in in these other important aspects of health, that they, they really do relate to the fact that I'm a bloke and I'm an older bloke like them. And so I've been through some of the things that they're going through. And I'm sure, Simon, you probably find the same thing. I think blokes can really relate to the fact that we are outliers, if you like, in our fields. Yeah, if they're looking and they, and they want to. Mm, that's why true. I've decided to change my approach and actually say to men, OK, let's have a conversation just about your mental health, because I think a lot of this, a lot of ill health comes from that and underlying so many, you know, things that manifest in the body is an emotion. An emotional charge and stuff that's not being dealt with suppression of emotion is is very common in men and i'm saying let's not do that let's talk let's start a conversation and and hopefully then that will bring men into the healing fields because they need it every bit as much as as women you know what triggers a lot of women to look for things in in, in your field mark and mine a little bit is the menopause it hits every woman and it can hit very very strongly and, and it can really change their their lives and their emotional balance and they start to think oh god i need i need something you know more than maybe my doctor can help me with and that starts on the journey you know men go through something it's not a menopause but they do go through something at, at the sort of around the age of 45 to 55 where they their bodies do change hormonally and they do also need to look for things to help support them as their journey goes on, hopefully into a long and healthy life. Yeah, exactly. There's that sort of hormonal changes. There's also, you know, life events that happen, you know, relationship breakdowns, like as you were speaking about earlier, Simon, there's retirement, as we've, we've, we also spoke about. There's other, issues, you know, other 
um, things that happen. Your kids leave home and and you just have changes. They're not as as physically perhaps um, you know prevalent as, as menopause changes are, but they're certainly um, similar events in terms of their effects on health. You, you touched on menopause there. Obviously, that's a subject close to my heart, and I'll just do a quick plug that the next uh, newspaper is going to have a feature on menopause. But I was going to ask, like you did touch on this, whether men go through a menopause of sorts. It's not deemed the same, is it? I guess. No, it's not. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I don't like the term male menopause because the menopause is a huge shift in um, the energy system, the entire system of, 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 of a woman's body at a certain time in their life. And it's a profound thing. It's a, I think it's a bit more subtle in men. But yeah, there are hormonal changes as we get older. And, and those have been known for a very long time. And, and you know, we, we, we naturally we produce, you know, less testosterone, for example, as we get older. And, um, you know, those those are changes. But, you know, I, I have so much respect uh, for women who go through the menopause because I don't think there's a male equivalent of that. But I do think men need to pay attention to how their bodies change as they get older. And going to see guys like Mark is absolutely brilliant because he, he can deal with so many different aspects, you know, the pillars that he talked about at the beginning, you know, every man should be looking at the four pillars of, you know, his health and going to see guys like Mark, in my opinion. I wanted to say thank you to Mark for, you know, providing a service like this. I've been looking at this field for a long time and you're the first male nutritionist I've ever come across. So, uh, kudos. Oh, thank you. So, Mark, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, probably the best way is through my website, and and that includes all the, you know, the, the other contact details there. Um, and um, you know, one of the things I do, and, and many practitioners do, is is I do offer a, a a sort of a free introductory conversation with people. I think that's very important, where I can find out a little bit more about the kinds of help they're seeking, and and see whether it is something I can help with or not, or whether I direct them to somebody else. Um, and they can also obviously get an idea of the, you know, how I work and uh, whether it's something that they uh, that they think could help them. Yeah, I think it's nice actually that you offer that free service because I think people are nervous about making mm. that step, and if they, you know, they obviously feel comfortable with you, that's a great thing, isn't it? So your website is it's okay. Nourish Men's Nutrition, all one word, one long word. dot com. That's brilliant. So I do hope that anyone listening will take the time to check out that website and give Mark a call. And Simon, um, what's your website? Yeah, so I operate under the name of Anamkara Energy Healing. Anamkara is uh, is Celtic for soul friend. And that's how I see myself as a healer, as a friend to your soul. And so if you go on a healing journey with me, it's likely to involve various aspects of healing and hopefully we'd get you outdoors into nature as part of that journey. I just wanted to thank you both very much um, for taking the time to chat. Um, and if anyone's listening has any questions, um, I'll happily forward them on. So drop me an email. We hope you enjoyed today's chat. If you'd like to know more, you can contact Mark at nourishmensnutrition.com. And Simon North's website is anamkaraenergyhealing.com. 
Please continue to check our website for more stories and health and wellbeing news, yourhealthhub.uk.